So, so that, that was like an in introduction, Alan. <laughs> no, it's like that apologise, that's quite good. It's <laughs> a set up. I feel like you're being set up sometimes. I think as a Christian, you're always being set up. God, God's always like setting you up somewhere. Isn't he? Praise God. But there is gladness. There is gladness in the Lord, isn't there? Um, I think it's Psalm 46 says, um, there is a river that makes glad. And when the, when the presence of the Lord runs into a place and into your life, there's a gladness that follows and there's a fruitfulness that happens. Um, I believe it's an automatic process, personally. Um, I believe when the Lord touches the life and, the, and the, the rivers of God's love and grace and mercy travel to your, to your life, there's, a, there's an automatic fruitfulness that starts to flow out of, your, out of everything. And uh, I thank God that, that he's just so amazing. And I thank God that he saved me and... I thank God for all you guys here today. Um, I'm so blessed to be here. Praise the Lord. I just want to pray. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for bringing us this way, Lord God. Lord, more than anything, we want you. We want your voice to be heard. We want to know your way, Lord. Align us with your heart, with whatever you're doing in this season, Lord God. Our Father, I pray that we would become a part of that. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. What a price Jesus paid for us to live in the life of his presence. You know, often we think about us trying to, um, seeking God out, and there's a truth in that. Um, but often I feel it's the other way around. God is rather, he's seeking us out. Um, he's seeking us out. After all, he chose to give us Jesus, didn't he? And it's almost as if he came for us, and he was looking for us. I know he was looking for me, and he came and found me. Praise God. I just want to go to Ezekiel, Ezekiel uh, 47. Bless the Lord. And I believe the Lord is a God of, he's a God of seasons. He's a God of um, times. And my heart's cry is that, Lord, just make us a part of whatever you're doing in this season. Lord, let us become a part of what you want. And Lord, help us, help our lives be aligned with whatever your spirit is doing and saying this season, this time, in Jesus' name. Let that be your heart's cry. In Jesus' name. It says in, we'll go from 47.7, When I returned there, long, along the, river, the, the bank of the river, where, where very many trees on one side and, and the other, then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. Amen. There will be a great, a very great multitude of fish. Because these waters go there. 
for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. Amen. Just just wait wait there for for a second. 47.7. We're reading down. So we know that the rivers are supporting life. And there were, um, in this region, there was very many rivers flowing uh, down towards Galilee and down towards the Dead Sea. And where it talks about the sea, I believe it's talking about the Dead Sea here. And as you know, there's no life in the Dead Sea because, hence the name, Dead Sea. I think it says it all really, doesn't it? But there's so much salt in the Dead Sea. If, if, you, if you found a fish in it, it would probably be laying on its side because the, it's so salty that people can't sink. Things just end up floating because it's so densely so much salt, there's no, there's no life in it. There's no life in the Dead Sea at all. And here, there's, it, it, it's speaking of a, of a prophecy. I think primary, the primary reason for this pro- prophecy was the, for the time, um, for, the, for Jerusalem, and the healing of, of God's people and his nation. But I believe, secondly, it starts to speak about the life that comes through the gospel. It talks about the life of his spirit. It talks about the change that when the river comes into this dead place, that suddenly its waters are healed and it carries life with it. And that's what the presence of God does, the river of God's life. When it comes into a place that's barren and dead, it begins to produce life. And life flows into this dead place. And you can see this here. This is a spiritual um, thing. Um, and it says, wherever the river goes, there'll be life. There'll be a great and very multitude of fish because the waters are there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. And in verse 10, it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engadi to Engalem. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be this, the sorry, their fish will be the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. Along the bank of the river, on one side that is, will grow all kinds of trees used for fruit. Their leaves will not wither. And their fruit will not fail, for they will bear fruit every month, because the water flows from the sanctuary. Amen. Amen. The water flows from the sanctuary. It starts with God's people. Amen. Their fruit will be for food, and their leaves will be for medicine. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful scripture. This came to me in the week. I was, pray- I was seeking the Lord and I was asking the Lord and he-, he led me to this scripture. And we're going to go to another one in a moment. But there's a, a-, a life-giving flow that comes through the gospel that produces fruit in lots of different places. And so it is with us. Amen. But as you see, um, that there's going to be many different kinds. It talks about the nations. I believe the scripture talks about the nations, the variety of peoples. Fish in the Bible is typically people. Typically people. When we talk about fish, it often represents people. Um, and we're going to go just in the Gospels in just a second. 
But as you see, the life has flown from Jerusalem, um, and, and these streams would, would, would be channeled. They would come down into the Dead Sea. And, and, and here it's giving this, this analogy of life, of it, it producing life into somewhere barren. Um, I remember just as a, as, a, as, a, as a very young Christian, because I was looking at this word about here, it talks about different, different kinds, different types of people, different ty- types of fish. And there's so much variety in people also, don't we? We've got lots of different kinds. But the Lord put a, a, a particular burden in my heart for, um, for, y- for, young, for younger men. And um, I believe it's something that God's born in me, birthed inside my heart. And I often find that the Lord will put a desire or put something in you for a particular kind of person, a, a particular catch, so to speak. And um, it's something that I can't really explain but I have uh, a particular compassion over a particular type of person. And it's not that I don't love other people and I don't care for other people, but it's something that God has put in my heart. And I think it's important because what God puts in your heart is, is, is often the biggest um, indication to his will for your life. Sometimes it just starts with a, with a desire that you, you just don't understand. You don't know where it comes from. You're not sure why it's there, but it's there. And you can't ignore it. And um, I get lots of time at college and I, I share um, a lot with, with, with a lot of the, uh, the young men that are there. And um, I remember I had this vision once. It was many years ago now. I was sitting on a train. I wasn't saved long. I must have been saved about a couple of years. And I was sitting on a train. And uh, I, see, I used to sit on the trains and I used to admire my handiwork outside of the train window. That was my canvas. I'm not boasting in it, but that's just the reality of it. I was like, if you, you were looking at me like, what's he going on about? But I used to write graffiti, so I used to just basically get from station to station, as many stations as I could. And I used to paint my, you know, my graffiti name in big letters along the whole of the Fenchurch line, and then I'd do the other lines and do the others, and I was quite notorious, because I'd see my name everywhere in big stylized letters, and I'd, you know, that was part of the crew that I was belonged to. Um, and we, it would be like a fame, it would be like a, a reputation that I built. This is BC, before Christ. And just, just to clear it up, you know. I, I no longer do this. And uh, so I, I would pride myself in this life. I mean, Daniel would ask you, Daniel would tell you about it, but um, I don't want to go too much about it, but... Um, Oh, I remember sitting on this train, I remember just looking out the window, and I thought about all the generations of the young people that I affected through my artwork. And I felt the Lord speak into my spirit and say to me this, as it, the same as it is with them types of people, so will it be with the gospel for your life, with them particular people. And I believe sometimes there's a clue in your past of what your future holds for you. Sometimes there's a clue in what you used to do that indicates what you're going to come into. Amen. And I was, at the time, I was like, okay. Didn't understand how that was going to work out. But I look back now, and I think of the amount of young people the Lord has put into my life, and particularly my workplace as well, that I'll be able to express the gospel to them and tell them about Jesus in various different ways, whether it's a testimony or whether it's just a little bit here, a little bit there. But it's been loads, it's been loads. And I look back and I think, wow, God, you knew all them years ago. You knew and you've turned it all around in that season. 
And God's a God of seasons. I had to go through that process of time for God to birth his will. And sometimes you have to go through the process of time for God to birth what he's put in your heart. You know, there's different seasons to, to manifestation. There's different seasons to what God is going to do in your life. And the fulfillment and the manifestation that season is in the hand of God. And I was just reminded of Joseph, you know, um, that God put it many years ago through a vision, didn't he? What would eventually happen through a dream? That all the sheaves of wheat would bow down and, you know... Um, and then he had the other one with the stars, didn't he? He would bow down to him, you know, and his brothers got jealous. But I was wondering, you know, I was thinking about that a little while ago. I was thinking, wow, God, you're so amazing. That, that, that through that process of time, you brought that to, to, to fulfillment. But it had to be, it had to be the way God, you see, it's the way God brings it to fulfillment. It's not just because you've got something in your heart doesn't mean to say it's just going to happen at a snap. It's just not, it's not a microwave vision. It's something that just has to, God has to achieve through the process of time. And sometimes we have to be committed to the process of time. Even though God is immediate, but there's some things that have to be worked through with God. Amen. Could never have done it in our own, in our own way, in our own strength, in our own self. Um, but I just, I was reminded when I was looking at this particular text, because I'm sidetracking a little bit, um, of how Peter was, because Peter was a fisherman, wasn't he? He was uh, catching the fish, naturally speaking. He was a fisherman. That was his, his occupation. And um, as I said, fish are typically representing people through the Bible. Um, and if you look at Matthew, in Matthew 4:19, you can turn to it if you like, but I'm not going to be too long there. But it's when Jesus called the fishermen from Galilee and they were fishing there. He called them out of their occupation to follow him. And often God will just will call you out of what you normally do and what you normally have your hands on to follow him. Um, they left everything behind and they, and, they, and they went his way. And the fisherman, which interestingly enough, became the disciple. And later on the disciple became the apostle. But he was in God's school all along. And you have to be in God's school. You have to realise, are you in the school of God? I'm in the school of God. We, I believe we never, beca- not, we never stop becoming students in God's kingdom. We're always a student of the Lord at some degree or another. God is always teaching us something. He's always showing us something. And he's always promoting us along that line, somewhere along the line. He's taken us from one degree to the next, from one dimension to another dimension. And he's taken Peter on this whole journey from leaving his his fishing nets and and through following him, as you could read through the Gospels. Um, And then we find him, which is very interesting, in John John, John 21. Now let's just go there just for a moment. Because there's some interesting things. A little part of the gospel, right at the end of the gospel. We're looking at John 21. And I like my heading on it. It says, breakfast by the sea. I like that. Breakfast by the sea. And let's, let's just have a little read here. It says here, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. See, Jesus had risen at this point and he'd revealed himself to the disciples on a number of numerous occasions. 
And here we have it, um, by the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter Thomas called the twin Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, the two others, two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, that they, but they caught that night nothing. So here you have it. Pete is, Peter is returning to his old profession. He had left it at the beginning, and here you see it. I don't think there's any other accounts of Peter actually going fishing here other than this part here, other than when we see him at the beginning. But here we see him. Um, he's, 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 gone, he's gone out, and he's, abs- he's caught nothing. So he's probably a bit fed up at this point. You know, all his um, expertise, um, all his knowledge, all the techniques that he's used to using, all of his skills, all of his patience throughout the night, and he's caught nothing. And I could imagine Peter being a bit downcast at this point of view, from this point, and thinking, you know what, it's had no results. You know, I often feel in my own, my own life that you can sometimes be in a place where you put so much in and you seem to get nowhere. You seem to use everything, all your own natural human resources, and you put so much in, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it, you don't get there. So I can imagine Peter being at the end of himself to a point and saying, you know what, it's been a disappointing trip. <laughs> so they returned empty and I believe the Lord was showing Peter something here as we begin to open it up a little bit something so special something so precious because sometimes when you go back and you return back to the old things it doesn't satisfy and there's an empty net You can return to where you came from and find an empty net. But Jesus was reminding him of something that he taught him a long time ago, something that he was yet to come into. And God sometimes allows you to have an empty catch in order to show you his way. All your strengths and all your skills and all your abilities sometimes can amount to nothing in order for you to step into the future. God's got something ahead of you that you know not of yet. You may have a few ideas, but God has got something very special. And he had something very special for Peter. But he was teaching him something here. He was teaching him that you're not going to be able to get there on your own ability. You're not going to be able to get there by relying on yourself. This catch is not going to come by your own efforts. It's not going to come by your experience. It's going to come by me. Let's just continue down. 
So they caught nothing. But in verse 4, it says, When the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. When Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught any food? They answered to him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Now they cast, and now they were not able to draw in because the great multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciples who Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter had heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciple came in the little boat, for they were, they were not far from land, but, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as he had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of them, disciples, dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he raised him from the dead. Amen. So here we see that Jesus gave them an instruction after this time of disappointment. Um, and he said, cast your net over the right side of the boat. A simple command. A simple action that's required for this particular catch. And I'm on, I want to say to you today that there's a catch waiting to happen in your life. But it doesn't require your skills, your strengths, your own abilities. It requires a simple instruction from the Lord and to follow what he says. Peter was learning to obey the Lord and God was showing him that the catch would be far greater than he could ever handle, really. It says in here, it says, the net was, was strong and it didn't break. And I do believe God will supply the net to keep his people. Amen? But God would be saying to us today that there is a catch waiting to happen if you follow my instruction. Amen. So here we have um, this large haul of fish that they could never, ever had. They, they could never have got. They could have never, ever probably dreamt of getting. You know, they've been out all night and suddenly Jesus says these few words to them. Cast your net out of the right side of the boat. So this is, I believe, ultimately, that Jesus is teaching Peter something here. He's teaching, something about, he's teaching him something about his future. Because he had called him out of the fishing, the fishing boats and the nets. He had called him out of that way. 
And now you see Peter returning to his old occupation. And I believe the Lord was saying, no, you're coming out of this and you're going to be fishing for me. You're going to be fishing for people. You're going to be catching my people. Interestingly enough, if you continue on that, we have this, um, this text here where it talks about um, um, Jesus saying, do, do, do you love me, Lord? Do you love me? And he says it three times. And he talks about um, that Peter would to, to shepherd God's people, to care, to feed for his lambs, it says here, to tend for his sheep. This is just after what I'm re- reading. And it's, it, it speaks about God's, God's kindness. It talks about God's uh, shepherding, God's, God's taking care of what um, he was going to entrust with Peter. And, and God would entrust you with, in, with his catch. He wants to entrust you with his people. And, uh, but it comes, by, it comes by him. It comes by his instruction. It doesn't come by our own efforts. It doesn't come by our own know-how. It's a very special way, the way of God. It takes, it takes a, a level of obedience to come into this. Um, so I believe that, the, the, that ultimately Peter was to partner with Jesus and I believe God wants us to partner with him in what we do. Um, he, he wants us to know that we can't, we can't actually get there by ourselves but we can partner with God and find that catch that he wants us to have, that he's got waiting for us, that he's willing to give us. Ultimately, it's for his will, isn't it? Amen. Um, but I believe, you know, sometimes we get these little indications, we get these signposts that, that indicate God's will for us um, in our future. And sometimes we get certain signs, we get certain ideas, and we get certain thoughts that God plants within our hearts. And I, I know from my own experience, that I, I know that by doing often the things that I'm doing now, I know, I know that, I know that it, it wasn't my idea, it wasn't my plan. But the Lord has shown me through the process of time what he's put inside me was of him and it wasn't of me. You know, sometimes we can have our own ambitions and we can have our own thoughts about things and we we can try to do things in our own strength and we can sometimes return back to what we know and what is familiar. But the challenge is, is to leave the old nets and go out into the deep and get that catch for God, what God wants for you. It may be challenging and it may be difficult and it may be. Sometimes we might feel intimidated by the things of life, you know. Um, but there's something special when we launch out. There's something special when we launch out for him. It says there was a, it, it was full of great fish. They may have been big. They may have been in awe. It wasn't just an ordinary catch. And God doesn't want something ordinary for us. He wants something great. He wants something so, so special. For us to do. There's a special, special blessing by following God's lead for our lives. Um, I couldn't ever think of what else I would be doing now. Now I'm doing the will of God. I couldn't think of anything else that could fill me and to satisfy me like doing what he wants me to do. And it's not that we just, he just gives us these things and we run on our own steam, but rather we partner with God and we become a part of this wonderful fellowship that he offers us in him. Praise God. I do believe the Lord is stirring the waters, and I do believe in the waters there's life, and I do believe the fish flow from the water, amen? And wherever the water flows, 
there will be life in your life. And my prayer is that, God, would you, would you flow through this place, this sanctuary? Would you bring healing and would you bring deliverance and health through your gospel, Lord? Let them living waters flow, Lord. Touch every life in the name of Jesus. Let there be a catch. Let there be fishermen from this place. Cast out your net in Jesus' name. What does God give you? What has God put in your heart? Have you cast out your net? Have you cast out your net? Have you been fishing all night like Peter and felt like you haven't got anywhere? Have you felt like everything has run dry and you've come back with an empty, empty net? You need to follow the instruction of God. What has God indicated to you? What clues has he given you in your own life that points towards his will? Yeah. What has he given you? What instruction has he put inside your heart by his spirit? Be faithful to what God has given you. Be faithful because there's a catch there for you. It's a catch of great fish. Amen. God wants to bless you just by being a part of his will. Just by being a part of him and what he's got for you in this season. And my prayer is, Lord, align us with your heart. Align us with your season. Align us, Lord, with whatever you've got for us. Let your living water flow in the name of Jesus. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you.